Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. U.S. Senate candidate Mike Sapricone. He is running against Kirsten Gillibrand for the U.S. Senate. Mike, welcome to Hardline. Well, great. Thanks for having me. And Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what was your journey to get to running for U.S. Senate? Well, I grew up in Queens, New York, and I preside in last Nassau County now. But I was a New York City police officer and detective for 20 years. I've been retired for 24 years now. And while I was a detective, I started a small company, Squad Security, which I built into over 800 uh, active and retired law enforcement officers throughout North America. Uh, I just recently sold that company in September of 22 to a major, bigger firm. And I had uh, offices in New York, Chicago, L.A., Vancouver, and Toronto. And I also own a company in London where we hired mostly ex-military people. So we're about to sell that. Uh, I have five children, grown, out of the house, five grandchildren. Uh, I met my wife when she was a young prosecutor in Queens, and I was an older detective there. And uh, she's now a sitting Supreme Court justice in Nassau County. So we're very much a law enforcement family. Uh, and I've just been looking at things over the years and as you look at things and follow things and you're a business person, you see that we're kind of in a situation where we're just falling off the face of the earth here. You know, we're, we're too extreme one way and too extreme another way. And when do we start sitting down and working out our problems? And, you know, law enforcement is a big part of that, my way to communicate with people and understanding things. And But business... You know, I, I didn't just sit at the table. I kind of ran that table, and I've had major clients over the years. Apple's been my client for 25 years. Uh, you know, Sony, Microsoft, uh, UPS, FedEx. So I've always been able to sit down and look at best practices of what imp- clients do and things and, and work out different arrangements and different deals. And I've always told my employees, too, you know, there's always a lot of problems. And, you know, employees will come and say, well, we need to do this. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. And the stance they're always taking is, that's great. Uh, A lot of the stuff we understand already doesn't work. But don't come to me with the problem. Come to me with the solution. And we don't come up with enough solutions, right? I mean, you look at the the migration situation on the southern border and on the northern border that we don't even talk about. You know, we never even talk about it. As I'm looking at Canada, as I'm driving down a block last night, uh, I realized, you know, we have the biggest border of anybody right here with Canada. And that that migration has increased, you know, in the last year, over 200 percent people coming in. Uh, But come up with solutions, come up with plans. We have no plan. The southern border has no plan. The northern border has no plan. So we can't go to the B plan because the Biden administration doesn't have a plan in the first place. So these are frustrating things for me. You know, I concern myself on economy. I have five children, you know, three of them own houses. The other two are younger, and 
will they be able to own a house, especially in, in counties like Nassau where the taxes are tremendous, right? And as I'm starting to make my way through the state, I'm seeing different things that I may not have seen before. I'm looking at more stores closed up, more industry gone. You know, from uh, just driving around Buffalo, I'm seeing this is a difference. I was here about 15 years ago, and I know over the years, this is a tough blue-collar area. And jobs are hard. You know, the economy is tough no matter what the administration now says about the economy. It's it's not true. You go into a store and I hear people saying, can I just get two eggs rather than get a dozen eggs? Uh, it's sad. People are struggling. As a cop, I work three jobs to get my kids to school. And uh, I, don't want, I don't want people to live paycheck to paycheck. And that's what we do more. And we need to change that. We need to be fiscally responsible. We need to get back to all the things President Trump did, you know, four years ago. You look at the way things have changed over the course of the last three years. Everything the Biden administration has done has just been opposite of the of the way we were living back from 16 to, to 2020. And we need to get back to that. We need to get strong again. And we look weak. You know, as a country, we look weak. Look what happened in Ukraine. Look what happened in Israel. Okay, what do we work? What do we are we scared of what's going to happen in Taiwan? So how do we deal with this stuff? How do we deal with what's going on on the southern border and on the northern border? Right. So we need to be we need to show we're strong. We need strong leadership. And I think that's an important thing. I, I you know, you would ask me something earlier, which which seat was up? Well, maybe only because people here in New York State only think we have one senator, okay? <laughs> so we have a senator who's kind of missing in action. And, you know, I, I'm a cop guy, so I, people may not understand, but, you know, I say if you put her in a lineup, do you even pick her out of a lineup, right? So in my – where I live down in, in, in downstate and in Nassau County, I don't remember ever seeing her in person. Now, she's been in office, what, as a congressman from 2007 to 2009, then appointed by Patterson. So she's been around a little bit, you know, 15 years. And I don't remember ever seeing her. I see every once in a while on TV. And I think it's important that we listen to the constituents, that as a leader in this state, we step up and we're visible to people. Who wants a, a, a leader or even a boss who's not visible to his employees or to his constituents as, a, as an elected uh, person? You need to be out there. You need to be walking the streets, understanding people. You know, there's 62 counties here in New York, and I'm learning each day a little bit about each one, what the needs are in Erie, what the needs are in Niagara, what the needs are in Clinton. I met a young lady in Clinton who told me her parents had moved from uh, Brooklyn many years ago because they wanted to see the stars. Now, I've been in Brooklyn. I was a cop in Brooklyn. I saw the stars once in a while, okay? Maybe that was after I got smacked in the head by somebody too. But, but you know, they moved up to Clinton to see the stars, and now she says all they see at night are the helicopters, the lights from the helicopters because people are crossing the border and coming in here and, and drowning in the, in the rivers and the water and getting lost in, in, the far, in the woods. So this is not humanitarianism. This is, like, terrible how do we do this? It's not fair to the people who came in here the right way. And, and we're all immigrants. It's not an immigration problem. It's not fair to those people who did it the proper way and who seek asylum for a real reason, not just checking off a box and saying, I'm here because I'm persecuted somewhere. And uh, But that's what's going on. We're just allowing everything. I think the numbers are astonishing to know that last year, I think 150 people was stopped on the terrorist watch list, right? That's who was stopped and interviewed by the FBI. How many thousands and thousands of people 
are coming into this country that we and they're not just coming in from Mexico. They're coming in from Venezuela, from China, from everywhere. They're coming in, and we have no idea. They're not coming in because they want jobs and want to be friendly to us. They're coming here to harm us, and and we need to stop this immediately. And you look at the immigration. Obviously, that's been the the big thing. You've you've, you've mentioned it. Uh, what is the first and foremost thing that needs to be done? What what could be done tomorrow to at least slow down those numbers? Because you mentioned, you know, you've you've got people on the terrorist watch list that uh, they stopped some of them, but we don't know who's in this country, and that's a list. We add to the list of people we don't know who's in this country every day. So what's the number one thing that needs to be done while we figure this out? Well, follow the law. The law is in place already. Let's shut it down. We can't allow 5,000 people to come in a day or 500 people to come in a day. Shut it down. Start bringing in the right people. Hire more Border Patrol. We need to, we, we need to you know, this goes back to law enforcement, too, because it's all kind of a domino effect. We need to give the tools to law enforcement to do their jobs, not to fund them and take away what they have, right? So we need to give them the right tools on the border. We need to hire more judges, okay, so that there's not a backup for two, three, four, five years. And maybe we need to build some housing in Mexico, where have Mexico build some housing and, and let people reside there. And as we slowly bring them in, when they're vetted and are proper to come in, then maybe that's a solution. Now, that's just a off-the-hip kind of solution. But we need to work together across Cross both sides of the aisle, certainly to do this. And, you know, these problems are not just Republican or conservative problems. These are American problems, okay? And I think you'll look at the, the left, you know, the progressives and the, the moderate Democrats more so. The moderate Democrats are seeing this is everybody's problem. This is out of control. We're, we're in a world of chaos and a country of chaos, and we need to fix this. You know, I look forward to when President Trump gets back in the White House, working strongly with him in Congress and in, in, in the Senate to, to put this together and, and work together as a, as a country. It, it's it's getting out of, out of control. And adding to that, sanctuary cities all over, including New York City. And I, I want to know your thoughts on this. I bring this up all the time. New York City, I mean, I was in seventh grade, but it wasn't that long ago 9-11 happened. It was. And it's amazing to me that New York City is one saying, you know, hey, Sanctuary City, come here, you'll be safe here. Mm-hmm. It's like they forgot what happened 23 years ago. Well, I don't think we will ever forget, but time does change things, right? And, you know, Eric Adams and I were cops together. We weren't partners or friends. We were cops in the early 80s. And I think he's struggling, you know, he's struggling against his own party and what his beliefs might be and what the party's beliefs are. Uh, and I think that's the, the, the liberal city council is just killing him on everything he's trying to do. I think his intentions are good, okay? I may not believe what his political uh, views. Uh, but we need, uh, let's just take a step back here and look at the situation. He's giving them money, right? He's giving them health benefits. He's giving them education. He's giving them food. And what about our veterans who are sleeping on the streets, right? What about our homeless who need help, need mental help in some cases, right? Need hospitalization, need shelter. We're ignoring them, and we're pumping millions and millions and billions of dollars into these programs. Now, I, I understand that, that people have been sent up to Erie County, and, 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 and you know, I was, I was a school board president, a local school board in Long Island, right? So I understand how budgeting goes, and I understand what it costs to put a student through school and how difficult it is and how many cuts you have to make if you can't pass your budget and what your students lose. Who's paying? 
I, I know Adam said originally, hey, we're going to fund this. That's ha- that's changed. I don't know what the governor is doing, where she's throwing that money. She's funding funding everybody else but the people who need funding. So who's we're paying for this? You know, our taxes are go. We have to put a student in a local school here. Those people, those residents who have been here their lives and, and sent their kids to this school and work really hard to pay their taxes and own a home here, which is becoming harder and harder in this, not just the state, but in this country. OK, so we're stuck with paying those taxes for what? Why? What does that mean? Sanctuary city. You know, we love everybody. Sure. We, we love people and we want to help people, but we need to help our own people first and look at that. That we, we're, we're a country of immigrants. There's no question about it. But we need to take care of the people that reside here with us and are our responsibility before we start reaching out to everybody else. Another issue that we're seeing in, in, in major cities, and New York City is on that list, uh, is the crime in, in, in this country. Now, the president was talking either yesterday or the day before about how crime is down, uh, violent crime is down. But th- that's not the reality that you see. Um, especially in, again, New York City, where you've got violent crime, but you also have bail reform, which has been an issue since Cuomo was uh, governor. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I was an old transit cop in the city, so I spent my first 15 years patrolling the subways, right? And back in the 80s, the end, late 80s and early 90s, you know, uh, Giuliani was the mayor and Braddon was the police commissioner, and we went with broken windows, and we started dealing with quality of life. And we've forgotten about quality of life here. If we were to work on quality of life crimes, we lose $600,000 a day in the, in the subway system in New York by people not paying their fare, right? So we talk about needing money and congestion pricing and all these things that are going on in the city. Uh, we're not doing our jobs. The city's not doing their jobs to lower the crime rate, okay? Sure, crime is nothing like it was in the 90s. But you know what? If we don't start paying attention, we're going to be back to where it was when we had the terrible problems. Uh, you know, bail reform, it's just unbelievable. You know, uh, my wife, an ex-prosecutor, me, an ex-detective. You know, I understand, and I understand that people who can't afford... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Bail should be looked at, and, and there are different situations. But you can't take recidivists and career criminals and, and let them walk out. Look what happened to the cops, you know, a few weeks ago in Times Square. These, these migrants beat up these cops, and Alan Bragg, the district attorney in Manhattan, I worked in Morgenthau's office as a detective back in the mid-'90s, right? And, and now Morgenthau on the other, opposite side of the aisle, but a person who understood the rule of war. Right. We no longer understand the rule of war. Our district attorneys no longer understand that. I've always heard and always looked at this. Criminal justice has become justice for the criminal, not justice for the people, the hardworking people. And it's not like these crimes are happening to upper class people and middle. It's happening to everybody in the in the poorer communities. Crime is rampant there. And what are we doing about it? It's not like we're not paying attention. We're not paying attention. It's like we're not paying attention. It's like, it's like we don't care. It's like all we want to do is say, oh, well, these people deserve a break. People are criminals. They don't deserve a break if they're criminals. We need to enforce the law. That's how we stop crime. The, uh, the economy is another thing, uh, obviously, facing this country. Um, we look at, I mean, the number one thing, you talk about living paycheck to paycheck, and something that I've noticed, my co-host and I were talking about this a few days ago, uh, you know, gas prices. I remember when gas prices went over $2. That's before I could drive. You're but, a young man, okay? You're a young man. <laughs> but, you know, we have oil supply here in the country, and you've got one side of the aisle saying we don't need to drill, and the other side, you know, saying we need to bring gas prices down. Again, that's one of many things we've had: inflation over the last few years, um, gas prices here in Erie County. On Friday, uh, the gas tax holiday was lifted, and it was back to full prices, full tax in Erie County. Uh, what do you tackle first to to start? getting the economy to where people my age aren't living paycheck to paycheck. Well, I remember 33 cents a gallon, so I'm a little bit older than you, okay? My, I would have $10. I could take my, girl, my girlfriend to a movie, fill up my tank of gas, and go to a place called Jan's, which was an ice cream parlor, and have dinner. Uh, we start chipping away at everything, I think. I, I don't think it's, it's a good idea to, to have a lot on your plate. We take the major things that we can. I mean, the idea that now we, we can't have gas stoves, we, we need to live in it, have only electric cars. Sure, electric cars are nice, and if you can afford an electric car, and if you, if you want that, that's fine. But to be told, this is the way we're going, and this is the only way. We have so many, <coughs> excuse me, we have so many natural resources here in New York State, and in this country, we need to be at the forefront of using these, these, these resources that we have, and stop bringing them in from other places, right? We need to work to do that. Uh, I think we should utilize our, 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 uh, our opportunities for what we have, our resources. And we don't do that. We squander that away. That's why I think it's important, too, to have a business person. You know, I, I, at first, Bloomberg is really the first person I remember in my lifetime who was a real uh, business person becoming a politician, right? And I said, how does this work? Well, you know what? It works. It certainly works. If you have those foundations and you understand how to run things, how to, if you can run a successful business, and I did that for over 30 years, you certainly should be part of running a government because we just have people running our government that have no understanding of what's going on in the world. People have been in office forever and ever and ever. Uh, they don't know what it is to go into a grocery store or to go to a dry cleaner or to go 
fill up their car with gas. They don't have any concept of that things. We need people who do that every day and who, you know, I've employed one of my big, one of the things I'm the most proud of, and I had a company in Chicago and one of my employees came up to me and said one day, you know, thank you so much. I'm able to send my children to a better school or private school because of the work that you're giving us. And that's a big deal to me. I've always been involved in charities and, you know, I've always been blessed and been able to give back. And I, that's part of my reason for going into politics now is to give back to my country. I gave back as a police officer, as a detective. I went out and made some money and I employed a lot of people and, and we're, we're able to change people's lives by the type of work we did and, and having that being blessed myself to give those opportunities. And I think that resonates with me and, and what resonates with people are being able to sit down with people and have discussions about things and listen I, I like to talk you see that already I don't think I've shut up for the last 10-15 minutes here. you're Thank the perfect you. guest well I, I, I like to talk and I know it's hard if somebody's just sitting here saying answering yes or no or whatever but I think what's important I learned as a school board president was to listen you know you have to listen to people Everybody has their own agenda. Everybody has their own ideas. And we can't succeed at everything. But if we take a little bit of this and a little bit of that from other people, we can put things together and start to satisfy people. And as, as, a, as a, just a regular person, a, a working person, I, I started my first real job was digging ditches for a water company in Queens. That was my job. I, that's what I learned to do, lay pipe and fix water problems and issues and lay water mains. And that was a real job. And at night when I went home, I was tired. And in the morning, I got up early, ready to go again. And uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And I got to be there on the streets and learn things. And I'm still learning something every day. Uh, but I think it's important to listen to people and, and try to work with people to get things accomplished. You mentioned politicians who have been in office so long, they don't remember what it's like to go to a grocery store. They, they haven't, you know... They haven't gone to an Aldi, right? They haven't, they haven't um, uh, gotten clothes at a TJ Maxx in a very long time. Um, do you believe in term limits yeah, I for do. the Yeah, I, I certainly do. So what I did was I signed – so a little brief – we had two more seconds. I was about to run for the uh, congressional seat, the George Santos seat in Nassau County District 3. I wasn't the choice of the party. I came pretty close. But the party made a good decision at that point to run Mozzie Phillip. I've supported her completely. It was very sad a few weeks ago to see that we didn't do that and that Swazi was able to take that seat back that he had been in as the incumbent before. But I, I think it's – I signed a statement when I was running for the uh, District 3 spot. I think a three-year term for Congress, you know, six years I think is sufficient. I think a two-year term for Senate is 12 years I think is sufficient. I think at that point we should start – changing things a little bit you need you need younger people and I, I i had this conversation with a lot of the chair people throughout the states as i travel where's the bench what's the bench we have here you don't want an 85 year old person sitting in an office after 30 years or 40 years we need young blood we need fresh ideas people don't like change maybe people of your generation like change more than people of my generation okay uh but change is good Change is good. We need change. We need fresh ideas. We don't have that bench. We don't recruit enough. We need younger people with fresh ideas who believe in the same values we believe in, those same conservative, Republican, American values. Uh, and that's important. I certainly believe in term limits. All right. Last question. It's New York State. It's a very blue state. Uh, I'm reminded of that every election. Uh, what 
is your plan to flip this bluest of blue states in 2024? It's only three and a half million more, I think, than us, right? So uh, my plan is to be visible, to meet people. To I, I think one of my strong points is my personality. Now, my wife might not say that, nor my children, but I, uh, I, I think meeting people and explaining what you feel and what you have to offer to people, I think, is a strong point. We're missing leadership here. We're missing leadership at the top level in this country. We're missing leadership on our state level. We have a person who's our governor. What, what is she doing for us? What is she doing for everybody in this state? I think when you get elected to govern, you govern for all the people. I don't think I see that anymore in this country. It's sad. It's discouraging. We will. I will govern for everybody. I will be elected not just by the conservatives and the Republicans and the independents. I will be elected by the Democrats, by the Americans who know we need change and need a new voice in Washington. And I think that's the message I bring out there. I, I know it's important to understand problems and to listen to those problems and try to solve them one by one. So I'm excited you know, about going around the state and learning different things about each county. I know Wayne County is this great apple place. I can't wait to go to Wayne County to have a nice apple pie. But I'm learning different things about each county, Erie, Niagara, everywhere I go. Well, if you're going to have apple pie, make sure you have wings while you're in Erie County. Well, I, you know, and, and bone, only bone in, right? Oh, only yeah. bone in. Boneless wings are not wings. Well, and, <laughs> and, I, and I'm a blue cheese guy. I, oh, I, good. I, somebody said to me, don't ask for ranch. Why would I ever ask for ranch? I don't understand that. And, and I'm just going to throw this at you really quick. And, you know, being a Long Island guy and a city guy, I do acknowledge that you are the only football team in the state of New Thank York. Thank you. I do Thank acknowledge you. that. I'm a Jet guy, but you guys have a great team, and it's embarrassing when I watch you guys play and I see your offense and then I watch my Jet offense and say, what's missing here, okay? So, you know, this is a great state. We're great people. We need great people to lead us, and I'm prepared to lead us. Final. This is my final question. Sure You're also is. a Mets fan, just like me. I am a Mets fan forever and ever and ever. Do you have? Now I get laughed at because I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs in a wild card position this year. Well, I hope they do better than that. But I, I hope they sign Alonzo. I mean, I hope yeah. we start putting things together. It's, uh, it's a new manager came from the Yankees. I was looking. For, I, I like Buck. I was a little disappointed. I was really sad. I thought he was the right guy. I thought he took a hit that he shouldn't have hit. But uh, I love the Mets. I mean, and I've been around forever with them. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping we finally get some satisfaction. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so, too. Well, Mike Sapricone running for U.S. Senate as the Republican and conservative against Kristen Gillibrand. His opponent has been invited to Hardline. And uh, if she accepts our invitation, she'll be on as well. Mike, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was great. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did